0: Artificial intelligence to the rescue for COVID-19. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Sheldon Fernandez, CEO of Darwin AI. Welcome back, Sheldon.
1: Good to be here. Thanks for having me again.
0: Of course. Now, you've obviously been a guest on our show before, but just as a reminder for our our audience, tell us a little bit about what you do and what Darwin AI does.
1: Yeah, so Darwin AI essentially actually is illuminating the black box of artificial intelligence, right? So you'll often read that these artificial intelligence systems are very powerful, but we don't know how they reach their conclusions. Uh, Our technology, which is, you know, the byproduct of years of scholarship from our team at the University of Waterloo, uh, essentially cracks that problem. And so by cracking that problem, we make it easier, we make it faster, we make it more trustworthy.
0: Darwin AI has been actively bringing AI to help address the the COVID-19 crisis. So, tell us about COVID-net.
1: Yeah, so it's a fascinating story. So, our chief scientist, Professor Alexander Wong, uh, before COVID even happened, he had quite a bit of expertise with artificial intelligence and diagnosing certain medical conditions based on imaging. And prior to COVID, it was lung cancer and CT scans and that type of thing. So, when the pandemic became fairly acute in Canada, our academic team along with academics at the University of Waterloo were able to pivot very quickly and create this neural network called COVID-NET and they used our technology to develop it rapidly and it essentially detects corona based on chest x-rays. Um, and what was significant about this was a, how quickly we developed it, we did it in under a week, but we also decided to fully open source it to the community. So we gave it to researchers and we said, here it is, here's the source code, here's the model, here's the training data. And the response from the international community was just overwhelming. Uh, We had, you know, researchers from Malaysia, Yemen, Saudi Arabia, Italy, UK, all contribute, and many of them are using it in their own countries, which is just, you know, remarkable.
0: You also have the COVID-X initiative. Explain that, if you will.
1: Right, so COVID X is a part of the COVID uh, Net initiative, and it is essentially the data set that we built up with all this different data of COVID patients and non positive patients. So, of course, with artificial intelligence, the system learns by looking at data. And so, one of the first things the team did was to put together a data set from public sources so that researchers would have access to a data set for their own models. And so that was the first part of the COVID net initiative. The second part was creating the models uh, that people could actually use to diagnose the, the uh, pandemic.
0: Are COVID net users contributing to data set?
1: They are. Uh, So we're getting data from around the world. Uh, Several of them are sending us data from their own countries. It creates some complexity because sometimes the privacy laws that they have are different from what we enjoy here in North America. So we have to have a certain ethical framework around the data that we integrate into the data set and that which we don't. Uh, But the contributions have been just out of this world. Within a week of developing and releasing COVIDnet again, researchers from the UK said, you know, your data seems weak in this area. And there was a real camaraderie that developed around the research community, uh, which again, was quite overwhelming. So it's, it's lovely to see that level of engagement from engineers and developers to help address, you know, this, the situation that we're grappling with.
0: What is PCR testing? And, and how does COVID X complement it?
1: So PCR testing is the definitive test that clinicians and healthcare professionals use to determine if someone has corona. And it involves chemicals, it involves a certain level of expertise you need to carry out the test. And the turnaround time for that is typically long. It can be days to weeks. So COVID net gives you a statistical answer with statistical approximation we've been very clear about that from the beginning it's not a replacement for the PCR test it is a complementary tool to help uh, professionals accelerate the screening velocity of the population in front of them right one of the things we've learned is especially when covid was quite acute at the beginning of the pandemic Several hospitals were just overwhelmed, and people couldn't get tested, so they didn't have a good understanding of their demographics, their patient demographics, to know who has the virus and who doesn't. And so we see it as a complementary tool. Based on a statistical answer, what you can then do is tell somebody, look, there's a 95% chance that you have COVID-19. Go home and self-isolate, and if you develop complications, then call us. So it is a tool to help with the rapidity of screening, which is very key, especially in some of these rural areas that we're talking about.
0: Talk more about the open source uh, aspect of these initiatives.
1: Yeah, so it was quite unique. And this is actually what got us, I think the response from the community as well as quite frankly, a lot of PR, Um, a lot of artificial intelligence, they do, they provide bits of it in, in open source, right? So they'll give you the model, but not the training policy, or they'll give you the data, but not the model. And we said, look, like, this is no time to get greedy in terms of commercialization, right? This is a problem the world is grappling with. We want to put the entire thing out there um, and use it as you please. And if you contribute to the project, wonderful. And I think that was quite distinct and unique, at least in the AI community that we work with. And since then we've had researchers build on COVIDnet. So we've had initiatives in France and the Netherlands. There's one where you can open a browser, upload an image, and it'll do all the orchestration behind the scenes and tell you the diagnosis right there in the browser. Um, so the open source approach um, I think was key in, in getting the response from the community and having people actually use this, which is you know, quite satisfying.
0: How can medical professionals um, who are interested in this learn more about your work?
1: So they can go to our Twitter profile, where we uh, re- regularly update, um, you know, the, the the improvements that we've had around covid net. Um, they can also look at our medium postings that we've done, uh, where we outline the specifics of the project and we up- update that regularly. They can also check out the open source repository, which contains instructions on how to use COVIDnet net and how to leverage it. And as I mentioned that there's a couple of uh, open source initiatives that were built on top of ours that make it very easy for a healthcare professional to leverage. Um, so they can check those out. They can also email me directly. We're, also, we're always looking for collaboration with doctors and healthcare professionals and radiologists to improve the system, um, and you know, we'd be happy to dialogue with them. This is, uh, again, a global problem, and we need a lot of people working, working on the solution.
0: So true, Sheldon. If somebody wants to connect with you personally, and maybe they just want to find out more about the work in general that you do, how can they do that?
1: So they can connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, That's one of the easiest ways. They can also email me directly at sheldon at darwinai.com and uh, would be happy to discuss and collaborate with anybody who's interested in in COVID net.
0: All right. Thanks again, Sheldon Fernandez, CEO of Darwin AI. And find more of my interviews right here or go to tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.